Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your host, Brian and Dr. Lena today. And today we're going to talk about anal gland problems and skin disorders for dogs and the way these two are linked in terms of how the conditions develop in the dog. We'll give you some examples of some breeds that are highly susceptible and ways to help prevent this condition from happening in the first place. How are you, Dr. Lena? I'm very well. Thank you, Brian. We're in this sort of busy time before Christmas and um, you've been very busy yourself too. I have been busy. And I mean, before Christmas, everybody's always busy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And these conditions in dogs have has come about in many discussions that, that we have with clients. And some people have trouble understanding like what exactly are anal glands in the dog and We'll touch on this first, and and these are the two small glands that are just inside your your dog's anus, and the material it secretes into these glands is can be thick and really foul smelling, and the dog will empty these glands voluntarily just to mark their scent, and and as sort of in other animals, some self defence. So most wild animals, they empty their glands voluntarily like for scent marking or like a skunk does with self-defence, but dogs are a little bit different to this? Well, um, dogs can empty the anal glands voluntarily. Say, for example, if you have a dog that's scared of the vets and you go into the vet surgery, they might empty the um, anal glands. So they use the scent of the anal glands as a communication tool and they also get emptied when they pass their stool. So you need uh, quite a healthy, um, reasonably firm stool to push on the anal glands to empty them. And that then puts a scent on the um, feces as well. And that gives it's an, a communication between the dogs. So they know who was there and what's going on. And so it's both for communication if they are um, intimidated or scared and also for everyday communication. So that's what they're there for. So they're scent glands and they can be, if people have had dogs that have had anal gland issues on a regular basis, they can get very inconvenient and it's also extremely smelly if they get inflamed and you want to go to the vets and get them emptied and, yeah, everybody who's been at the pleasure of um, experiencing that, it's um, pretty stinky. <laughs> it's a pretty stinky business. And uh, what symptoms would we see if there's issues around these anal glands? So the symptoms you see in dogs is um, biting around the tail area and around the sort of hind end, um, scooting, so scooting on the bum. And if you look at the at the anus itself, you can have redness or swelling around that area, depending on how bad it is. If you have a really bad one, they can even abscess, and then you obviously get discharged and maybe a bit of blood and pus in that area as well. Yeah, wow. So what we started off with was the link between anal glands and skin disorders. Dr. Lena, you'll, you'll probably touch on what is this common link in a, in a dog's health. Yeah, so both the anal glands and the skin are very closely linked to gastrointestinal health. So the gut health of your dog is basically determining whether it's got a healthy skin and healthy anal glands in most cases. There's obviously skin conditions that are not linked to gastrointestinal health as we would look at it. So, you know, things like fleas and mites and 
and that sort of stuff. And obviously allergies can cause skin conditions too, but allergies, as we all know, are linked very closely to the immune system and the immune system is linked to your gastrointestinal health. Mm. So yeah, your gut plays a huge role in what the dog does um, skin-wise and anal gland-wise. So talking about gastrointestinal health, obviously you need to talk about food and we'll look at that in a um, moment, why it's so important. And you also want to talk about um, what kind of nutrition and maybe things you can add to your dog's food to make sure that they've got a healthy skin and healthy gut. Yeah, what we're trying to do is improve that nutrition profile for your dog with our supplement range. But as Dr. Lena said, gastrointestinal health is really, really important because of its influence on the immune system of a dog because over 70% of the immune system is housed in this area and if it's in poor health, it's going to have a a big effect for these disorders, the anal glands and the skin disorders, and you'll always be chasing your tail if it's not at their optimal health. That's exactly right. So if you have a dog that has got skin issues and you've been through all the veterinary stuff, um, so they will do biopsies or um, skin scrapings or you know, try and put you on hypoallergenic food for the dog's health, and a lot of it is just trying to chase the symptoms and reduce the symptoms so the only real treatment for these ailments whether it is skin or anal glands or both is really trying to get the guts right yeah well and the way to do that is obviously feeding them correctly which is not very common well it gets more and more common that people feed raw or they feed um cook a homemade cook diet or you can buy um, commercial raw diets nowadays and um, grain-free stuff. So grain-free is probably one of the first steps that happened. And um, ear infections, for example, are a big thing too. So anal glands and ear infections often go together. And if you take the dogs off grain, a lot of the time things will settle down. So starch and sugars, same as in horses, same as in people, are really not that healthy. There's massive crossovers in in nutrition. It's only been probably highlighted in the last five, ten years to really look at your sugar and starch levels in every every way. I know they're trying to tell me um, chocolate is bad for me, so I don't quite believe that just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Try and pick and choose. I I know in this office um, Peter really likes his 100% dark chocolate. (laughs) Oh, I like dark chocolate too, but Mm. um, the milk chocolate is also nice. So, you know, anyway off topic Mm. um yeah but definitely so what you want to look at when you feed your dog is unfortunately it is usually that the more expensive the dog food is the better it is because the better the ingredients are the more they cost so things like um cheap fillers peas grains um corn is all a fairly cheap filler that brings the price down but also it's not good for your dog's health and if you can avoid that that makes a big difference and in ideal i mean it's like people ideally if you eat fresh and healthy and you know make it all on the day yourself then it's the best but not everybody can afford that or has the time to cook the dog's food or just mix the dog's food up every day so what they do is they either buy the raw food of the commercial stuff, which is reasonably expensive, but it's not as bad as it used to be. Or a lot of them also will start buy meat in bulk and then mix it up themselves at home, either cook it or feed it raw. 
and they have have it frozen and they defrost it as they need it. Yeah, and furthermore to this, we've got a lot of raw feeders that add some of the Sen products or the Sen supplements to help improve the profile, including the Sen oil or the Sen collagen, and we're just trying to promote that immune system health, but also overall health with with good nutrient profiles added just to assist that. But if you are a kibble feeder for convenience, adding Sen and, and getting the right supplement options will really greatly improve that profile, um, especially in this case. Which is one of the big things, um, Brian, if you can, sometimes it only takes little changes to really improve your dog's health. And um, we know in people, everybody is promoting probiotics at the moment. And it's the same for dogs, that if you have good probiotics, then you actually improve the gut health quite a bit, which will improve your skin health and your anal gland health in turn. Because especially for the anal glands, uh, gut health is has a really direct link. And the consistency of your feces, if it's not formed properly and it's not hard enough, it doesn't push the secretion of the anal glands out and then they get too full and then they can clot up. And you actually, the, when once they get clogged up, then they get inflamed and then you have all these dramas that are going on in there. So to, even to the point where they abscess and then that gets pretty messy. And Will that cause bleeding? It'll cause a little bit of bleeding. The bleeding is not so bad though, but it's, yeah, messy and it's stinky and the dogs are sore, you know, and you can imagine it's a pretty contaminated area. So you have problems with infection and it's really not a very nice thing to deal with. I can tell you from experience working as a vet um, in normal practice, it's probably one of the more stinky and messier things to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> would, it, would in the normal practice look at the antibiotics to, to stop Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. Antibiotics yeah. are the yeah. main thing, which, again, is a vicious circle because the more antibiotics you give, the worse the gut health is, yeah. and then you get more and more issues. So you if... Even if you have to have antibiotics at some stage, you really want to make sure you get some probiotics after you finish a course of antibiotics because the probiotics will help to restore the microflora in the gut and help your gut health and your immune system to function properly. Yeah, and I'll give you and Digestive Plus a free plug in the fact that it's got the Saccharomyces boulardii strain, which is resistant to antibiotics, so it'll still survive in that whole gastrointestinal area even when antibiotics are there. And what we do recommend is giving that support even when on that treatment, but also especially after. Well, the other thing too is that you have the collagens in there and the gelatins, which will help with the integrity of the gut as well. So things like leaky gut are actually a thing in dogs as well now. And um, things like protein malabsorption syndrome and... If you can help with integrity of the gut, then you reduce the symptoms of this sort of stuff happening and you might be able to, if you can't get them symptom-free, you might be able to get them stable enough so it's you know convenient that what you can feed and you don't have to stuff around with smelly things all the time. So Because anal glands are a very smelly thing, but also if your gut health is not very good, you get you know diarrhea or they have pretty farty party bumps sometimes mm. and um, that's also so if they pass wind all the time and um, you have that happening a lot then it's one of the things that's actually a sign of not such a good gut health if it happens only occasionally that 
you know, they have eaten something specific, that's fair enough, but it's constantly, then you need to change something. And unfortunately, some of the problems we see in skin and in anal gland health, though, is braid specific and has a very close link to the genetics. So um, poor choice of um, braiding dogs, poor health in the braiding and poor... um, genetic workup of the breed so there's a lot of um, genetic disorders that can be linked to a poor immune system so i see a lot of french bulldogs or staffies for example or bull mastiffs so all the um, breeds that have these shorter noses pugs as well shorter noses shorter hair they have all sorts of other things going on health wise but a lot of it is also skin and anal glands so um, not only the skin around their noses where the where they have the folds of the skin where they get issues because um, the skin's folding over but also skin issues through the over the whole body where they scratch a lot they have red skin they might get have like little pustules um, they have lick their feet um, they have what we call a yeast overgrowth so the whole skin gets yeasty and um, the dogs smell so they have this really wet dog smell about them all the time and then it, it's not only annoying because the dog's scratching all the time but it's also you have that stinky dog around here all the time and if you can you can help these dogs even if it's genetic with restoring their gut health and maybe changing their feed and sometimes it's just a certain protein that they can't take. So chicken is very common. Um, they are allergic to it because of the way we raise the chickens nowadays. Pork is quite common as well, or beef. So all the meats that are very common, a lot of dogs are allergic to. So you might want to try and go outside the box and um, look for things like crocodile. Um, horse is very re- commonly recommended, but a lot of people don't want to feed it because they like horses. Mm. Um Turkey would be something they could try as well, or duck. And just meats that are not very commonly used in dog, in normal com- commercial dog feeds, that you go a little bit outside the box. And the other thing you want to try and avoid is just kibble. So kibble, when you look at Chinese medicine and you go at the, um, look at the way they look at food, kibble is usually very highly processed food. And to make it stick together, they use a low-quality oil and then they heat it up and make it stick together so you end up with this kibble size thingy. And depending on how they produce it, depends on the size of the kibble. And that causes the body to be very hot. And in Chinese medicine, the skin conditions that we look at, they are usually classified as damp heat in the system. So, you know, damp, so it's a bit moist you get infection ear infections they're smelly and the heat you know when you touch your dogs that have the skin conditions they're usually pretty hot so you want to try and avoid to add more heat to the body so fresh food has less heat and um, has less dampness in it as well so the less quality oil that they use for the kibble is a bad sort of damp um enhancer so it actually promotes a dampness in the system and um, you can see that in people and in dogs as well that if they eat a lot of bad quality fat they actually get overweight and in dogs say labradors for example you get a lot of fatty lumps so things like um, lipomas and that can be related directly to your diet so you want to look at 
trying to either have a cooked diet or have a raw fresh diet if you can't do that buy good quality kibble that's either freeze dried um, or air dried or you know in some kind of way or not or kibble that's not been um, stuck together with bad quality oil and also grain free definitely so you get rid of the starches and the sugars yeah that's fantastic information dr lena and with with all the air dried and freeze dried they're locking in more nutrients in the kibble it's not at higher temperatures so you're getting a more nutritious meal for your dog well that's the only yeah the other problem that there is basically the kibble's deep fried if you eat mcdonald's all day every day it eventually is going to be bad bad for your health yeah and people who own those breeds just have to look and recognize these types of diet management and and even environmental management of their their dog and one of the things too, Brian, is that you know a responsible every responsible breeder knows that for every well-bred dog they sell, there's at least twenty or thirty other dogs that are not well-bred. And when you breed responsibly, and you make sure that you breed with healthy parents that have no genetic issues and um, that have a good confirmation for what the breed is asking for, and everything is sort of nice, then the likelihood that you're having a bad health in the dog gastrointestinal or skin wise or anal gland wise is less likely it still happens but it's less likely because the breeders also if they're really good breeders they also feed their dogs better and they look after their dog's health better and the interesting thing is that in Chinese medicine they believe that the energy you have so the health you have at the time of conception is given to your offspring so they're in, if you're um, breeding dogs in really good health, then you have more likely have healthy puppies. If they're in bad health, um, like all the puppy farms and stuff, the offspring have more likely um, health issues, not only skin and anal glands, but also joints and other things that are going wrong, malformations of the bones and things like that. Yeah, wow. So uh, that's really good points that, that you put forward there. And as breeders get educated but there's many good breeders out there it's probably a minority that that have those or that can't recognize those issues but um i guess that's in every animal industry oh it's every yes we you know you know everywhere it doesn't matter whether it's an animal industry or or human industry or whatever you've got people who who are good and who trying to do the best they can and people who are, are in it for the money and they just try and produce as much as they can as cheaply as possible and then you you know you use it once and you throw it in the bin because it broke mm. um, it's the same unfortunately with the animals so if you don't have a good quality of um, breeding stock and good health in your breeding stock and you don't feed it um, correctly then you don't end up with healthy offspring yeah and we might touch on the send product range for dogs that are susceptible to these anal gland conditions and skin disorders. So a lot we come across really respond well to the scent oil, in, including into any diet, raw or kibble. Then also choosing even further support through the scent collagen or the scent active, but then con- combining that with a digestive supplement as well, like the scent digestive plus, just to give that gut environment even more strength and then transition to the supplements in a in a nice safe and healthy way oh 100 percent. you know you need the good probiotics which are so important for the gut health you need the collagen for the integrity not only of the gut but also of the skin and the zen oil we've touched on this before that 
the integrity of your skin is really um, closely linked to fatty acids, so especially the omega-3s. And the, the better fat you can feed, the better the skin health will be. And that's where people think that um, fat actually, ha- feeding good quality fat in the diet actually makes a dog overweight. But it's not true. So if you feed good quality fat, you'll have a healthier dog and you might actually have a dog that loses weight. Whereas if you feed bad quality fat, the dog tends to get more overweight. And it's the same in people. It's the same in horses. You need that good quality fat to have a healthy system, a healthy structure. And your skin, if it has that good integrity, even if the dog has allergies, the allergens are less likely to actually affect the dog in a really negative way. So there is less scratching, less redness, and you have a much better system there. But also, you know you have better joints, you have better mobility, all this sort of stuff it makes a huge, has a huge impact on the whole system. So it's really important that you have good products. So the Zen oil is fantastic for that sort of stuff. And also having probiotic is not like one, one probiotic is not like the other probiotic. It does, it does matter what kind of probiotic you choose and it doesn't matter what strain of bacteria are in there. So it depends on, you can't just use anything and it won't, won't just do the same thing um, if you just choose a really cheap one. You, you actually need to look for what you, what probiotic you choose and also what other things there are in these probiotics. So um, the collagen is a really good combination with it, for example. So you really need to look into the, your products and make sure you get the right stuff. Yeah, that's really good, um, Dr. Lena. And it's all about supporting that overall health through good nutrition and, and good dietary management and within the, the time restraints of, of a busy life, you might have the time to do the raw feeding or you, you can only get to the kibble and um, we can always do better by the dog in the, at the end of the day. We can and even if you think that grain-free kibble or a higher quality kibble is too expensive, if you think about what you save in bed bills, if your dog is healthier, you make up for that or like you know i can't stress enough how much good diet will influence your dog's health and how really the overall mobility your gut health your skin health anal glands all that sort of stuff improves even the behavior improves with better food so it's really important and also you're paying for your mental health as well because when you see your dog in trauma the stress it puts on the owner uh, i don't think you can put a price on that Oh, that, that's a very good, very valid point there that you make. Yes, if you see a dog scratch and is uncomfortable all the time and scooting on the bum all the time, it's really sad to see. Yeah. So I think that, that about wraps that one up. There's nothing more we can we can add. And we hope that that helps some of our listeners have a look at this common, well, it's a little bit uncomfortable to say the, say the word anal gland, gland, but it does come up. It's an actual... There's actual real conditions in dogs that get affected negatively when they're not in good health, and um, and yeah, we'll thank Dr. Lena again for for coming on the podcast, and we'll have another podcast to you really soon. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone.